Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Welcome to this Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Joey Gonzalez, and I'll be joined by Paxton Graff and Jacob Romy. Before we get started, let's have a word from our sponsors. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, Scenics, Views. And welcome back here. Thank you, Paxton, for that ad read. We got a lot to cover in this in this um, morning segment. Texas State Soccer's match last night. We'll get a recap of that one. Texas State Volleyball uh, had a tight one with, the, with Hawaii last night. And then later we'll have an uh, interview with the columnist for the Nevada Sportsnet, Chris Murray. And then finally, we will round it off with some Sam Marcus football. So, guys, let's recap the game last night. Texas State took on the Kansas City ruse as the Bobcats defeated Kansas City in that one of a final score, 1-0. Zoe Jr. scored in the 74th minute, and that was the lone goal in that one. The Bobcats are now 5-0 in the Steve Holman era. What do you think about this team going into the future? Um, yeah, like five, five and zero to start out a, co- you know, with coaching a new team that is literally the best you can do. And uh, Coach Holman was excited about it last night. I had the chance to talk to him, and he said, you know, he was like, we we were aiming for this was was a big goal for them, and we're we're gonna let them, you know, go have this moment and go enjoy this night. And um, just big props to them. It was a little bit more of a difficult. It was more of the more difficult games to start out the season uh, after they weren't able to get a goal until around like the last 10, 20 minutes. But uh, Zoe Jr., who's leading the team in goals with three now, got another off of a off of a free kick. And um, yeah, five and zero. Oh. And um, I'm excited to see what they what they do in UT year at UNT this upcoming uh, Thursday. Yeah, Sunday, def- my bad. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go last night to the game, but I was able to see Zoe Taylor or Zoe Jr., excuse me, uh, game winning goal. And, you know, it was an amazing shot. Don't get me wrong, but I want to talk about the beautiful inbound pass that Maya Aloe had. She, I mean, she curved that ball perfectly around three defenders directly to Zoe Jr.'s left foot, where she eventually kicked it in and won or uh, had the game winning shot. For that matter, and just the the amount of pressure that was on Maya Lowy to get that ball around three defenders. I mean, it looked like really a primetime, like Magic Johnson type showtime feed that she had, but with her legs instead of her hands. So, you know, beautiful feed by her. And I I enjoyed watching the highlight reel of that. So once again, Texas State soccer defeat Kansas City last night. Final score, 1-0, as the Bobcats now remain only a handful of programs in Division I soccer that are undefeated at the moment. UNT was undefeated entering last night and had a loss 3-2 against the Oklahoma Sooners. So once again, those teams will meet up on Sunday in North Texas as the Bobcats like to go 6-0. Now we have a chance to switch over to Texas State Volleyball, who last night 
went on the road to Hawaii as they began the tournament over there as they dropped that one 3-0 against Hawaii at Simplify Arena. And it was a loud one there, a lot of energy there. Uh, first time that there was full capacity for the Rainbow Warriors. So it was an exciting match, but the Bobcats fell short. In fact, the Bobcats had the the biggest lead of the day at six points. But other than that, it was very tight and Hawaii was able to slip away in all three sets. Um, what'd y'all see from that late night action? Um, I, I think Hawaii has a competitive advantage when teams come and play them at home because <laughs> you got to imagine that jet lag is just absolutely yeah. brut- brutal. But, um, uh, I mean, te- Texas State Volleyball, we we know how good of a team they are. They know how good of a team they are. Starting off, I think now they're 3-1 and one after last night's loss. Uh, this weekend's going to be really difficult, you know, because you're just trying to fix your sleep schedule, and you got to go out at, you know, last night. For here, it was 12 a.m., so, you know, they could be feeling like it's midnight out there, and they're just starting to play a full match. So that's got to be pretty brutal. And even then, two sets that they dropped, they took it within, you know, they were within two by 25. It had to go to extra points. So they were right there in the match, despite what, you know, the sets say three to nothing. But, you know, they, they're a strong team. And, and right now, they're I'm sure they're enjoying, you know, just being in Hawaii right now. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, overall, they know they're a good team. I think just the chat lag that you get from going to play Hawaii, I think that uh, Hawaii's got that, you know, a little bit of competitive advantage. Yeah, no doubt. And if any of y'all stayed up to watch that game last night, I applaud y'all because <laughs> I I had a 9 a.m. class this morning, so I went to bed a little bit early, so I wasn't able to actually watch it live, but I did get to see some of the highlights from the game. And, you know, like you said, Jacob, jet lag does have an impact on it. Now, we, we're not going to use that as an excuse by any means, but it definitely does have an impact, especially when you're going all the way to Hawaii. So this isn't just, you know, up to Oklahoma or whatnot. This is halfway across the world practically. So um, it definitely has an impact on uh, the way you play. And, you know, the Bobcats, they faced their first shutout since November of last year when they lost to South Alabama in the conference championship game. And one thing I've been saying in our weekly podcast with Claus to the Wall is this team is looking for revenge for last year. It was their first time not making conference or not winning the conference uh, in, I believe, four years. So, uh, you know, they, they're looking for revenge, and this this is just a slight bump in the road. It's, it's still very early in the season, so they do not need to let this get to them. Plus, they have a matchup today against UCLA, so uh, they definitely can't let that get to them. So I'm interested to see how they overcome this adversity, this bitter taste of defeat, you might add. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see how they use it tonight when they play against the currently ranked 23rd in the nation, UCLA Bruins. So... Yeah, so once again, it'll be another late night start for the Bobcats. That one is a 9.45 start time, 4.45 Hawaiian time. And just going back and looking through the numbers, the Bobcats were tight with the Rainbow Warriors all night long. They were out hit by the Rainbow Warriors 55 to 47 in kills. And they were out dug uh, 61 52 so this is a bobcat team who fought with them there were some big hitters last night but the bobcats just in the end couldn't come up but with it with the victory janelle fitzgerald had 15 kills of her own with only one error so the bobcats will be back in action tonight when they take on the ucla bruins 4 45 p.m and then they will play again on sunday against the west virginia mountaineers and that one it will be a 7 45 central start time 2 45 Hawaiian time. 
So we'll get ready to take a break, and when we come back on the other end of things, we'll have Chris Murray, the columnist for Nevada Sportsnet, as we get ready to preview Texas State's season opener against the Nevada Wolfpack. Welcome back to Bobcat Radio, and we are joined by the Nevada Sportsnet columnist, Chris Murray. Chris, can you hear us? Yeah, how are you guys doing? Good, doing great. Good to hear you on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so, hi, Chris. Then again, thank you for calling in. Uh, I kind of just wanted to start out, you know, Nevada is, uh, you know, one of the teams, one of the few teams that have already started their college football season last weekend against uh, New Mexico State. So uh, just a couple words on that. How'd you feel about that game? And um, yeah, do you, do you think that, you know, Nevada has kind of a or any team that plays in week zero has any kind of an advantage going into the next week, knowing that they already have a game under their belt? Well, I think there are pros and cons. I think if you're Nevada, it certainly helps that you've played a game. You've gotten that rust off. They certainly didn't look super clean in that game against New Mexico State. They did win 23-12, to but New Mexico State lost last night against Minnesota 38-0 to and didn't even have 100 yards of offense. So it's obviously not the highest level of competition. I do think it's advantageous for Texas State that now they do have a game that they can go over. Uh, in terms of what Nevada is going to do, because Nevada has a first-time offensive coordinator, a first-time defensive coordinator, and a first-time head coach. So that gives them a little bit of a glimpse into what Ken Wilson's team wants to do on the football field. So uh, in terms of how Nevada played, uh, they were plus five in the turnover margin. They had four interceptions and a strip sack. Uh, They were able to run the ball pretty well, but the passing game was um, not very good at all. I mean, only 78 passing yards for Nevada. as They replaced Carson Strong, the two-time Mountain West offensive player, of the year. So uh, there were pros and cons to that game for Nevada. Their special teams and defense played pretty well. Their offense was okay, but you know, you have to think if they didn't have that plus five turnover margin, maybe they lose a game to a team in New Mexico state, which might be the worst team in the FBS. So, um, you know, I I think they're going to play better. I think there's going to be less rust and I think they're going to be more cohesive, but they have slipped into an underdog in this game. They opened the week as a five point favorite. Now they're getting a point and a half. So, I think that kind of tells you where, you uh, you know, Las Vegas and the people who set those lines kind of think of Nevada. Well, you talk about, you know, getting that rust off and Nevada coming into the season has made a bowl game past five seasons, but and then, you know, had that whole roster kind of really blow out only, I think uh, I said six starters returning and two of them being injured. So um, just how does that feel coming into the season, knowing that you're going to see a, a totally new team and under a, a new coach as well? How does that feel? Yeah, I mean, totally, like you said, a new team. I mean, Jay Norvell left Nevada for Colorado State. He was the first sitting Mountain West head coach to go to another school within the conference. He brought 11 transfers with him to Colorado State. Seven of those are going to start in their season opener against Michigan. So that was certainly a big loss for the program. In total, they lost 20 transfers. Uh, Ken Wilson brought in 55 new players. Uh, by the time he got this job to the start of the season. So it is definitely an inexperienced group. Uh, they released, uh, they returned the least returning production from 2021 of any FBS school. They did bring in a number of Division One transfers. A lot of them were walk-ons at their previous school, four of them from Oregon, where Ken Wilson was co-defensive coordinator. So um, there's certainly a talent deficiency on this roster and an inexperienced deficiency. As you mentioned, those six returning starters, but Aaron Frost, the two-time all-conference offensive lineman, hurt his knee in the uh, training camp and uh, might be out for the season. And then Joe Juan Claiborne, a very good safety, hurt himself during summer uh, training, and he also may be out for the season. So there's not a lot of returning experience, but the guys who did have experience played really, really well in that game against New Mexico State. Isaiah Sessima, a cornerback, had two interceptions. 
Bentley Sanders, a safety had an interception. Tyson Williams, a safety had an interception. Dom Peterson, a really, really good defensive lineman, had a strip sack. Um, that was a big play for Nevada. And then Toa Tawa, running back, ran for more than 100 yards. And Devontae Leah, running back, ran for two touchdowns. So the dudes who do have experience, they did rise their level of play and kind of lead this team. And I think they're going to have to do that in the early going as these inexperienced guys get some of that experience. Well, uh, you talked about some of the, the inconsistencies that they that were there, but those star players really showed up. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, Nevada now 1-0. They have their home opener um, whenever they host Texas State. Do you think that um, being back at home gives this team um, some confidence, you could say? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to help, right? I mean, this is uh, you know a situation where you're always a little bit more comfortable playing at home. You look at Texas State's road record over the last, three years hasn't been very strong uh they haven't won a lot of road games so um you know it's going to be hot i know that it's probably going to be 100 degrees i don't know that that's going to phase texas state i'm sure they're used uh, to the heat but uh, that might be an element in this game is which team is going to be better conditioned and can kind of you know deal with that kind of adversity and that kind of heat for a 230 local time kickoff uh ken wilson was a longtime assistant coach at nevada he spent 24 years here before a decade in the pac-12 so he really um, you know, knows what Mackey Stadium's all about. He's brought back some traditional elements, moved them to a different sideline, uh, returned them to blue helmets rather than uh, different colors that they were using under former head coaches. So, um, you know, that, that should be a boost. I mean, Coach Wilson said that the old coaching adage is the most growth you're going to see in a season is between game one and game two. And he's banking on his team playing much better this Saturday than it did last Saturday. Hey, uh, so recently the team signed a home-and-home series contract with the Kansas Jayhawks. You know, prior to this season, Nevada had not signed a contract for a home game versus a Power 5 opponent since 2013. So what can you say about the impact that this new contract will have on the program? Well, they have a new athletic director. Uh, Nevada had an athletic director named Doug Newt for almost a decade. He made a lot of really good hires. He hired... Eric Musselman at Nevada to coach men's basketball, and he's now at Arkansas. He hired Jay Johnson uh, to coach the baseball team. He's now at LSU. He hired Jay Norvell, who obviously had a lot of success, enough to move on to Colorado State. So, um, you know, I think his expiration date just hit. Uh, you know, there were some, you know, issues when Jay left in terms of the kind of support he felt from administration and just in terms of what Nevada believes about its athletics. So uh, new athletic director, Stephanie Ramp, who was the uh, number two at LSU previously, uh, Texas uh, A&M, uh, Oklahoma, Washington. She has a great resume, uh, you know, less than two weeks on the job. She signed that deal with Kansas. And I think, um, you know, she's she's a big time athletic director. Nevada's uh, president, university president, Brian Sandoval was a two-term governor uh, here in the state, and he's a super beloved politician. It's not easy to be beloved by both sides as a politician, but he is. So I think there's a lot of enthusiasm, um, you know, for Nevada athletics. It's spent a decade in the Mountain West, and it's been a solid program in most sports, but, uh, you know, it wants to take that next step up to a championship level, and part of that is bringing good opponents into Mackey Stadium. That hasn't happened all that often in recent years, so um, you know, that that was one of the charges that Stephanie Remp said is I want to sell more season tickets, which means I got to bring in better opponents. And, you know, she certainly, um, you know, put her uh, words where her mouth were uh, in terms of being able to, to sign that deal. And, you know, she's only been on the job for 45 days, but I do think there is a lot of enthusiasm for Nevada athletics with the combination of President Sandoval and Stephanie Remp as athletic director.
So looking at kind of a comparison for the two teams, Texas State has kind of had a revolving door at quarterback for the past couple of years until uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, they announced Lane Hatcher is our guy. We're sticking with him. And uh, Nevada is quite in a different situation where, you know, you have Shane Illingworth and Nate Cox both played last week, both expected to play this week. Um, how does that kind of, you know, affect the offense, knowing that you're going to have two guys behind center? And uh, for you personally, is there one guy that you wish to see a little bit, a little bit more you like in certain situations? Yeah, I mean, I think you look uh, generally about these two teams. I think Texas State has the better offensive personnel. Nevada probably has the better defensive personnel, specifically at that quarterback position for Nevada. Shane Ellingworth, he started three games in the Big 12 at Oklahoma State over the last two seasons. He was 3-0. and He played pretty well. He's a six foot six kid. He's got a very strong arm. Uh, not super mobile. Uh, part of the reasons that he was uh, only played half of the game in the season opener is because he had a little bit of a hamstring injury. Um, so they kind of wanted to protect him on that. Uh, Nate Cox uh, was Carson Strong's backup here at Nevada the last two seasons. He's actually six foot nine. He's the tallest quarterback in FBS history, but he actually is very, uh, you know, athletic. I mean, he can get some yards with his legs. Nevada does want to do a read option offense. They do want their quarterback to be able to get out on the edge and be a threat. Um, you know, he played okay, I guess. Uh, both of the guys didn't play up to their potential, but they didn't turn the ball over. They didn't make big mistakes. Uh, I think you'll see Illingworth start this game just as he did last game. There was a little bit of, um, you know, I guess vagueness from Coach Wilson because Nate Cox had been arrested for a DUI during the offseason. He played that down to careless driving. So there was some speculation that maybe he was suspended for the first half, and that's why he didn't play. Coach Wilson was asked after the game if Nate Cox was suspended at any point during the game, and he would not comment on that. He said that was an internal team thing. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if Nate does get the start, but I would expect both to play. I think long-term Shane Ellingworth is probably Nevada starter because he has four years of eligibility left. Uh, this is Nate Cox last year in college. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But at this point, yeah, Nevada doesn't have a for sure starter that's going to play the entire game like Texas State does. And then finally, you know, we're just getting uh, the start of football season and, uh, you know, this, this is our, our Texas State season opener, at least, so we're looking forward to it. But um, is there anything specifically, you know, if you could describe Nevada's play style? I know, like we said, new roster, so there's a lot of changes. But if you could describe it in, in just a couple words and what Texas State fans should look out for the from the Wolfpack, well, how could you describe it? Yeah, I mean, they want to be physical. They're coming from an air raid offense under Jane Norvell. They ditched that. Uh, they want to be able to establish the ground game. Nevada was second to last in the nation last year in rushing, but they were first in the Mountain West in scoring. So uh, they've had to change their entire philosophy on offense. Five new starters on the offensive line, but two really good running backs. Defensively, they didn't blitz a ton in the first game, but I think you may see a little bit more of that. They've got a very good secondary. Their front six a little bit more questionable, but Don Peterson's a potential NFL player. He's not a big guy, six foot, 300 pounds but he has a habit of getting into the backfield. So I think if Nevada is going to win this game and be successful this season, they are going to have to be the more physical team on offense and on defense. It didn't completely show in game one, but it was a step forward from where they were last year when they couldn't run the ball at all. Well, Chris, that's all the time we have. We appreciate you coming on the air and I hope you enjoy the game this weekend. Yeah, if anybody wants to watch the game, we're actually uh, we're broadcasting it. And we're streaming it on our website, so NevadaSportsNet.com slash watch. Uh, we'll be streaming the game. We'll have a pregame show, postgame show. And uh, thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to the game. Thank you, Chris. Have a good one. Thank you, bye-bye.
So once again, that was Chris Murray, the columnist for Nevada Sportsnet. We got about five minutes left, so we will switch over to high school football. The San Marcos Rattlers host the Madison Mavericks from San Antonio tonight. Both teams looking for their first win of the season as the Rattlers coming off a frustrating loss against the Hutto Hippos 46-21 last Friday night. And guys, we talked about all summer long that this is a team that's finally they're going to be this is their explosive year. And last week that did not appear. What do you think the Rattlers have to do to be successful tonight? Um, I think the whole situation with the UIL stuff going on was very bad timing. I mean, it came out, what, a day, two days before their Mm -hmm. season opener. So I think that definitely, you know, could shank things up. But now you got a week from that. You know, I mean, again, they're just kids. They're all teenagers. So I can really mess with your mind when you're out there. But now you got a week to kind of settle down, say, hey, we're going to win no matter what. And I think that they're really going to bounce back from from last week. And I think a big thing about it is coming out strong. I mean, you look at last weekend when, you know, Rattlers get the ball, DeLeon throws a pick. And from that point, it kind of went off the rails. And you kind of just saw where the game was going from then on. So uh, I think coming out the gate strong, maybe doing a very run-heavy offense because you know that's what works for y'all uh, in, like, the first drive. Just to get it going could work. But um, I think that they're going to bounce back here tonight and, uh, you know, come out and go into uh, week three, one and one. Yeah, and last week they played against a very talented Hutto Hippos, uh, you know, really just whole entire team, both offense, offensively and defensively. And they had a first-year head coach, so they they – had a new system underneath their belt. So it was a little hard to watch film on the previous year when they have a new whole entire system now. So I think going into this game, and I mentioned it on this week's podcast, is you know they, they really need to focus on the mistakes that they made, the mental mistakes that they made that cost them penalties. And, you know, I'm not going to go through all the stats as far as like how many penalties and all, but there were a lot of penalties last week, and they really need to work on that going into this week. Madison, they, uh, they're they still a good opponent. I don't think they're as good as Huddle, but I do think that they are still good. They they sadly lost last week against Clemens, who is now a newly acquired district opponent for the Rattlers. And so I think that in order for them to go out and win this game tonight, like you said, they need to establish a run game very quickly, uh, straight off the ball. And then on top of that, they need to they need to give their receivers a better chance because last week it was challenging. Those those hippos were tall, especially at the DB position. So I do believe that it was very challenging. But this week you got a little bit of advantage with your taller receivers uh, going against these DBs. So definitely rely on that. So you know I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to hear Kyle and Kobe broadcast this game, and uh, hopefully the Rattlers can come out with a win. So. Yeah, so as Paxson just mentioned, uh, Kobe Jackson and Kyle Owen will be on the call for that one. It's a 7.30 kickoff from Rattler Stadium, so if you can't make it out to the game, make sure to tune in right here on KTSW. As we have a quick second, let's take a look at the weather, and we will begin to wrap things up. Um, So for the weather for San Marcos coming in, uh, looking at the rest of today, we got a high of a 94 and a low of 71 pretty cloudy throughout the rest of the day uh going into early tomorrow morning starting at 4 a.m 40 percent chance of thunderstorms and that is going to last uh pretty much all day tomorrow send that 50 percent tomorrow as well a 72 high or 72 low and an 89 high as well as sunday 40 percent chance of thunderstorms with the 71 low and an 89 high so 
you know, uh, we got some games going on this weekend, but at the end of the day, stay warm. And if you can't go out, remember, listen to Texas State football here on KTSW 430 on Saturday, as well as San Marcos High School football tonight here at 7 o'clock. So we went through a lot tonight, and it is a packed weekend for Texas State Athletics. Make sure to catch one of the three and include Sam Marcus Rattler football in your schedule this weekend. So once again, I was joined by Paxton Graff and Jacob Romy. I was your host, Joey Gonzalez. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.